Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Well, hello all. I think today I just wanted to ramble a little bit about the emergency response plan. So we're going to bring it back a little bit to more pragmatism. Past few podcasts, we've talked a little bit about complexity and and how that impacts our operations, but wanted to bring it back to something important when, when we're talking about safety management systems, and that is the emergency response plan. And specifically, when ICAO and ISBAO talk about the coordination of the ERP, I really kind of want to touch on how I guess critically important that is. And I think it goes without saying that there is no way, no way an organization could get through an emergency without having many touch points, not only inside of the organization, but outside. And how important it is that those touch points of who we're going to involve, that they be documented in your ERP. Now, when I used to teach this in ISBAO, you know, I'd ask the question of who do you need to contact should you have an emergency? You know, the one that normally came up first, well, you contact with the media. Well, yes, uh, more than likely you will have contact with the media. So you need to document how you're going to address the media, when you're going to address the media, who is going to address the media, what are you going to tell the media, and then who shouldn't talk to the media. And as a side note, it'd be helpful if you had a policy stating that your employees should not talk to the media about anything about the organization. And that message should go out if you should have an emergency at the very start of the emergency. But going back to these touch points, there's a lot of other entities that you're going to interface with and that you need to interface with. Some of them Predominantly being the state. So in the case of the United States, the FAA, the NTSB are going to be two entities that you're going to obviously coordinate with during the course of your emergency, as well as first responders that are on the scene and anybody else that might be involved with the initial response to that accident. So these touch points, especially with state agencies and state capital S, NTSB, FAA, first responders, even in the case of a lower S, these these touch points need to be documented. And while it's not feasible that you'll have in your emergency response plan every single first responder agency, um, that is easily accessible nowadays, obviously, by internet. So that could be a policy that you know you will find the contact for whichever agency responds first. But in the case of the FAA, specifically like your own district office and the NTSB, which has a published number, those should definitely be included. Other entities that you're going to contact, you're going to have to sit there and frame in your mind what an accident looked like and what help you may need. Now, I want to take a pause there. One of the best statements I ever read when researching about the emergency response plan, and this is outside of aviation, any any entity's emergency response plan, whether it be a civil government, a large organization, the statement is that the ERP Part of its job is to match existing organizational resources with what's needed with the emergency. So let's expand on that for a second. So what it's saying is that the resources the organization has, the ERP guides to match it to the scope and criticality of the emergency at hand. So when we're developing our ERPs, this has to be a very important exercise that you need to do. As you know, emergencies come in many different flavors. And I hate to minimalize it like that, but they do. You could have a large fuel spill on the ramp all the way to, well, use your imagination, uh, where there's multiple deaths, complete destruction of equipment, and 
possibly damage to other parties. So when, when you think of that, you have to look at these touch points, who you're going to have to contact, who you're going to have to get involved. And then you have to see, does your organization have the resources? Do they have the resources at hand to match what needs to be applied to the emergency? So in the case of like a fuel spill, it may be, yes, you have a fuel spill kit, you have the resources, you have, you're able to contact your local EPA, fire department if they need to come phone, whatever it may be, you have those resources. But if you start looking at events that are orders of magnitude larger, now you really have to ask the question, what are the resources we're going to need? And it very may well be that you're going to have to look outside of your organization to support the resources that are required to match that emergency. Case in point, when it comes to uh, family assistance, emergency uh, contact notification, a lot of small organizations, they don't have those resources to do it properly. Now, that, that could be another side note. When I look through an ERP and it states, in the case of an aircraft incident or accident, the chief pilot will call the, the pilot's families. Not good. Unless he or she is trained and to do it right and to do it with another person. Even then, <laughs> there's still so many things that are not good about that. But but let me let me back it up. So when it, when it comes into things like emergency contact notification, family assistance, salvage recovery, legal implications, dealing with the FAA, trying to navigate the FAA, trying to navigate the NTSB, understanding how to become party, what that means, and how you can best participate in the investigation. Those are all things you need to think about. Do you have the resources to match what's needed to apply to that event. If you don't, don't just make it up and start just randomly assigning these tasks or these needs to individuals where they can't possibly do it. You can't do it just to check a box. You have to, especially in time of emergency, make sure that you can respond appropriately and you can respond effectively. When it comes down to the fact if you're having to go outside of your organization for events that require more resources, then those also become touch points in your ERP and you're going to have to coordinate. So for example, if you are utilizing a third party to provide family assistance and to set up a call center, Obviously, not only the contact needs to be in your documentation, but your expectation. And then the expectations of what that third party will return to. That needs to be documented. So there's no surprises. So that in the time of need, which I just wanna I just wanna put an asterisk here and say I hope that never happens. But should it that there are no questions and there are no confusion. Because as we know, responding to emergency, it's really hard to do it mechanically. Uh, having done it myself at an organization, even the best laid plan end up becoming a little skewed because a lot of times it becomes very personal. So ensuring that everything is in place ahead of time and well-documented and obviously well-trained becomes very important so that we can respond effectively. We can get through it with dignity and with appropriate service to those that are impacted by the event. And then ideally getting back to our business of what we do. That is why it's so important that everybody we need to coordinate our actions with be included in the ERP. Now, a lot of these uh, examples I just used, you know, I talked about third parties, but for some of the corporate operators that operate uh, within a larger corporation, uh, Part 91 Flight Department for the U.S., it's very possible you have these resources in your organization. And it's important that if you do, that you're able to leverage them. And if you can leverage them, then that needs to be documented. That's one of the biggest things that we saw, um, at least when I was at IBAC, in Isbeo with, with some of the ERPs is that the larger corporations, a lot of times they would even have an ERP and would just say, well, well, corporate will take care of that. 
That's not really appropriate because, generally speaking, unless corporate and their emergency team is well-versed in aviation operations and who needs to be contacted, then you're kind of doing them a disservice because they may not know. So even if your job is to sit at the table and provide guidance and then have the touch points that are required such as NTSB, FAA, maybe salvage recovery, that is still important that you can provide that information to the bigger body, which is the emergency response team of that organization. You still need to have something documented. So this idea of coordinating the ERP, which is what we see in Annex 19 and what we see in the ISBEO and other standards that utilize Annex 19 as a foundation for their standard, what we're seeing with coordination of the ERP, that standard alone isn't necessarily a call to have an ERP. The intent of that standard, at least from Annex 19's point of view, is that for those organizations that are required to have an ERP, it needs to be coordinated. So having a response is important, but having a response that is coordinated with all these entities that you're going to have to interface with to get through an emergency is absolutely critical because we're not doing this in a vacuum. We're going to have to bring in a lot of people. And like I said, if there are things that are required that we don't have in an organization, that's going to be more that we're going to have to bring in depending on the emergency. So if it is a a grand scale emergency and you need all these different resources and you have to procure them, how you're going to coordinate with them, how you're going to communicate with them and how you're going to coordinate actions needs to be documented. We can't just say, I'm going to call XYZ agency. Should we have an emergency? That's not enough. Just real quick, when when we look at some responses, and and I will give specific examples. Well, I don't want to call on any organizations, but there have been cases where there was no response by an organization. They had an accident, and basically there was no response. The state officials took care of everything, and first responders made comments, but there was nothing from the organization. And what the organization ended up doing was shuttering operations and then just going out of business. To me, that, that just seems cowardly and not really a way to respond. It's like hiding from it and not taking accountability. But then there's the other side where they did respond and it was such a cluster. I can't even think of another word. You would have different individuals from the organization almost saying two different things. There weren't the resources that were needed. And it just really turned into like a circus. And that also looks very poorly, not only to any victims or families of the victims, but to the public at large and really diminishes confidence within that organization. So it goes back to when an event does happen that you're able to respond. You're able to have the information that you need, that you're able to coordinate actions, that you're able to coordinate responses and efforts, that you're able to communicate with the individuals that you need to, that you're able to procure resources that you don't normally have on hand, but that you have to build your capacity in your organization should the time come, that you're able to do that seamlessly and you're able to do it professionally so that you're not only paying homage to your own organization's name, but you're also paying homage to to the victims of the event, making sure everybody is taken care of and then learning from that event. So that that was kind of my thought that I've had. You know, for complete transparency, I was at the airport the other day, the airport here in Houston, and they were doing a full-scale drill where they had people laying on the ground and and just watching them go around and, you know, just, just hear a lot of confusion. You know, hey, who, who's supposed to call this? And, um, aren't we supposed to be able to do this? Isn't crash rescue supposed to have this? And, you know, just, just to hear that made me think about this. And hopefully that we would never be in that position. It is a time of chaos, but we want to be able to get through that chaos. And we want to be able to do it smartly and appropriately. Um, I hope this is helpful, at least for you to go back and look at your ERP 
Look at what you're doing, making sure that you're not just you're not just schluffing things off to people because maybe you have too many things, too little people. But if you find yourself in a position where you don't have the capacity for a certain scale of event, that you get that capacity, or at least put it on retainer, or find another way to get it. If you realize that we really don't communicate with anybody outside of our team, sit there and think, well, who is it that we're going to need to communicate with? From legal to salvage recovery to first responders to family assistance, media, that all those are well amplified, detailed, and trained so that you can do this seamlessly and you can do it with dignity. Uh, Again, I hope it was helpful. We want this to be a podcast of value, a podcast that you go to for information or at least to inspire deeper thought. So drop me a line and thank you so much for what you all do out there. Stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit BaldwinSMS.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.